Hello, thank you for tuning into my podcast. My name is Dr. Crystal Wise, affectionately known as The Doc. The Doc is here. Really quick, I just want to touch base on Genesis chapter 4. Um, the Lord had pointed out something to me in reference to uh, the two Bible characters by the name of Cain and Abel. So let's get into it. Amen. I pray that this podcast will bless you. If there's anything that's said in here that stands out to you, um, I admonish you to go before the Lord and, uh, you know, ask him for confirmation, ask him for wisdom and further insight. Amen. There's nothing like when the word of God comes alive and becomes personable to you. And sometimes when we read the word, you know, as the Bible says, it is sharper than any two edged sword. And so, you know, it cuts between the soul and the spirit. It goes deep, deep, deep. So sometimes when you're reading and studying the word, it cuts, it cuts, it cuts, but thank God for his grace and his mercy. Thank God that, you know, he gives us time to repent and to get things right with him. Ultimately, that's what we're doing. We're getting ourselves in proper alignment with his will and with his way. Amen. And so we ought to be grateful for that when the word comes alive to us. And sometimes it cuts us. Every day is not a word where, you know, you're you're being prophesied to and you're receiving prophetic, um, you know, uh, prophetic declarations. And, you know, you're, you're receiving, um, you know, words of prosperity. And they, you know, every day is not that kind of day. And although it feels good um, to receive those type of words, sometimes God will give you a word that makes you sit back and say, whoa. Lord, what are you really saying to me? All right, so let's get into it. Cain and Abel, Genesis chapter four. It reads, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. All right, read whatever translation you want to read, whatever works best for you. All right. It says, now Adam slept with his wife, starting at the first verse, Eve, and she became pregnant, right? It says, when the time came, she gave birth to Cain. All right. So we know that Cain is the older brother. She gave birth to Cain and she said, with the Lord's help, I have brought forth a man. She said, with the Lord's help, I have brought forth a man. Even down to conception, God is in control. And his mother, his mother called him, uh, she called him out as to what he is. And that is a man. All right. Later, she gave birth to a second son and named him Abel. All right. A-B-E-L. She named him Abel. All right. So we have an older brother and then we have a younger brother. We have two siblings here. Okay. And then the next verse says, when they grew up. All right. They grew up sibling rivalry. Anybody know anything about it? The older brother always thinks that they're right. The older brother or sister always thinks that they're in control. The older brother always feels that they have more experience than the younger sibling and so on and so forth. And sometimes the younger sibling always feels inadequate, always feels like they have to measure up to the older sibling, you know, just because the older sibling has been on this earth a little longer and has uh, perhaps more experience, so on and so forth. You know, those kind of things usually happen uh, between and amongst uh, siblings. Amen. So the Bible says when they grew up, Abel became a shepherd. My God, it says he became a shepherd. So uh, Abel was the one who uh, tended to sheep. Okay. He cared for sheep. He cleaned sheep. He watched over sheep and he protected sheep. All right. Keep that in mind. 
the Bible goes on to say, while Cain was a farmer. So this man knew something about seed time and harvest. He knew something about the ground. He knew something about watering the ground. He knew something about tilling the ground, cultivating the soil, turning over the soil, you know, preparing the soil. He knew something about produce. All right. Cain knew something about produce, productivity. Okay. So you have one who is a caretaker and you have one who is a producer. You have these two brothers. One is a caretaker and one is a producer. One is a shepherd and one is a farmer. Verse three goes on to say at harvest time. All right. At harvest time, you know, perhaps you have sown many, many seeds and you're asking God, where is my harvest? Lord, I sold multiple seed. I sold seed in tears. I sold seeds in my time. I sowed seeds in my talent and my treasure. I sowed seeds to your prophets. I sowed seeds to your pastors. I sowed seeds uh, in witnessing. I've sowed multiple seeds, not just in monetary, but I've sowed and I've sowed and I've sowed. And so the Bible says at harvest time, you know, where there's seed time, there is harvest time. So at harvest time, Cain brought to the Lord a gift. All right. It says a gift from his farm produce. So out of what he produced, he brought the Lord a gift. It doesn't say what kind of gift. It doesn't say if the gift was the best of his crop. It doesn't say anything uh, in reference to the kind of gift. It just says out of his produce. So in other words, out of, when you give out of something, sometimes that can mean that you're giving just uh, because that's the correct or proper thing to do, you know, out of, I come to church out of obligation to the Lord. I come to church out of my commitment, uh, to the ministry, my commitment to the call. I go to work out of my obligation, uh, uh, to, uh, perform my, my job duties, you know, which is at will employment out of. So when you have an out of gift, it is out of the ordinary. It is, it is what is expected, but it is nothing extraordinary. Amen. The Bible goes on to say, while Abel, right? Abel, A-B-E-L, right? Not A-B-L-E, which means he had an enablement. That's the A-B-L-E, an enablement. When you are able, you have, you have power to do something, okay? While Abel, and his name is spelled A-B-E-L, the Bible says he brought several choice lambs from the best of his flock, all right? Now, note the word best, okay? He bought for several choice lambs. Not only did not only did he bring a gift, but he brought several. So he brought more than one gift. Nobody asked him to do that, but it was from his heart's posture. It was from the place of worship. It was from the place of saying, my God, I can't pay you enough for all that you do for me. And so rather than just give you a gift out of my flock, out of, out of what I have to offer you, no, I'm going to give you several choice lambs, all right, from the best. So here we see that Abel gave God his best. My God, I ask you on today, uh, when it comes to uh, the areas of your time, the areas of your, your monies, which comes from the Lord, you know, your talent, your treasures, all of that, 
Are you giving God your best? What is your attitude when it comes to something being asked of you? Do you in return uh, reciprocate and, and, and give your best attitude? Or do you just give out of obligation when something is required or asked of you to do? Oh boy, help me Holy Spirit. All right, so the Bible goes on to say, the Lord accepted Abel and his offering, but he did not accept Cain and his offering. All right, so I'm sure Cain, you know, again, out of that out of spirit, I'm sure he became angry because he did what was required. You know, he he gave at harvest time. And, you know, I'll go a little further and say he could have been upset because maybe he felt like he didn't know he should have given more than what was required. You know, that's a little deflection mechanism. You know, well, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. You know, sometimes... Things are not always uh, explained to us. However, we have a conscience and we have a Holy Spirit. And so, you know, we are admonished to love the Lord God with all our heart, mind, and soul. And when you love the Lord with all of your heart, mind, and soul, there's some things people don't have to explain, not a word to you. And so Abel, he gave out of his love for God. He gave God several choices out of his relationship and commitment to the Lord. And so here you have his older brother, right? Who's probably like, listen, I've been serving longer. I've been, I've been working longer. I, I've been, I've been in these fields producing, you know, it's not that I'm not producing, I'm producing. And I gave you, I gave out of what I produced. He was angry. This is what the word of God says. This made Cain angry and dejected. My Lord, that word dejected stood out to me because dejected means to be depressed. All right. He had an issue with internal anger that was not released. And that's all depression is. Depression is suppressed anger that needs to be released. The Bible says, be angry, but sin not. So sometimes there are things that we are angry about and we feel or think that we have rightful cause and maybe we do. However, uh, Jesus admonishes us to sin not to sin not. You can't cause anger to cause you to sin and to get out of character. Sometimes you have to go a little further and get understanding and insight. A lot of times God is trying to take us to the next level in our thought process. He's trying to elevate our thinking. He's trying to deliver us from stinking thinking. All right. He's trying to pour into us some new wine, but because we're in old wine skin, we're like, Oh my God, what are you doing? What are you doing? All right, so the Bible says this made Cain very angry and dejected. This man was depressed. He was walking around with his head down. He was like, man, at harvest time, I gave out of, again, that's that out of spirit, out of obligation. I gave out of my, my produce. He didn't say my best produce. I gave, and it still ain't enough. So maybe Cain, you know, as the older brother was dealing with rejection, you know, the Bible doesn't say that. I'm just going a little further uh, in, in, in my Holy Ghost, uh, um, in my Holy Ghost uh, insight, if you will. You know, maybe as the older brother, he felt rejected. He, he was dealing with rejection. You know, he was no longer the only child. 
he had a younger sibling that his parents uh, were paying some attention to and you know, raising up and rearing up. And of course, any mistakes that they made with Cain, surely they wouldn't make it with Abel. So Abel, you know, did what he knew to do was right. And Cain did what he normally would do. And in doing what he normally would do, became angry because his younger brother's offering was accepted, you know, and yet he got slapped in the face with rejection again. But the Lord said, why are you so angry? How many times are you going to go to God complaining about certain situations and certain circumstances with people or your brothers or your sisters? And God is responding to you today saying, why are you so angry about it? What? And the fact of the matter is you don't even realize that you're angry about it. You think it's somebody's after you. You think somebody's hating on you. You think somebody wants your, 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 your space, your position in the Lord. Nobody's after you. Nobody's chasing you. Nobody's hungry hunting you down all these things. So God says, why are you angry? Why are you so angry? The Lord asked him, he said, why do you look so dejected? In other words, again, why are you so depressed? You're walking around like a sad puppy, a, a puppy with its tail between its legs, you know, woe is me. Why are you dejected? Why are you depressed? In other words, all right. And I don't take uh, depression lightly because it is, um, you know, it is an illness that needs to be dealt with uh, properly. And some people, you know, can receive their healing if you would just release the anger, let go of what made you mad or caused you to be mad and ask God for wisdom, ask him for insight. James 1 and 5 tells us we can ask for wisdom. Ask God, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to show me? And in the interim, let go of the anger. Because things didn't go your way. Things didn't work out in the way you thought they would. You know, how do you react when someone suggests you've done something wrong? How do you respond? You know, and overall, Cain, his response was not fitting. Seed time, harvest time. When it was time to sow the, the seeds and produce the crop, he produced it. But his attitude in giving was not right. And it showed that was a matter of his heart. It showed and God did not accept it, but he accepted his brother's offering. And so he was angry. So again, when someone corrects you, how do you respond? All right. Do you move to correct the mistake or deny that you need to correct it? Ultimately, that was Cain's biggest downfall. Again, when you read the word, when you hear the word preached and you get that conviction, you ought to shout and thank God, even though it's painful and it hurts. Yes, it does. And, and when those tears start flowing in that place, you ought to worship God for giving you another chance, thanking him for his grace and mercy, thanking you that you are yet still alive to receive the correction. You know, God chastens whom he loves. And so we have to get to a place where we get over ourselves. We don't always get it right. We won't always get it right. No one's perfect as human beings. We won't be perfect until we meet Christ. Christ is the only perfect one. He is the one who died on the cross for our sins and shed his blood. Amen. So when God sees us, he sees Jesus through his blood. And we ought to be thankful for that and get over ourselves. Amen. Oh, I'm talking to myself. Listen, 
I am so talking to myself, my God. So the Lord said, why are you so angry? The Lord asked him, why do you look so dejected? God said to him in verse seven, you'll be accepted if you respond in the right way. You'll be accepted if you respond in the right way. He said, but if you refuse to respond correctly, watch out. Sin is waiting to attack and destroy you and you must subdue it. Listen, there are times when we swear we are going through spiritual warfare. All right. We swear the enemy is after us. We swear folk are attacking us. We swear. Oh my God. I, this warfare that I'm going through. You won't believe what I'm going through. I need you to pray for me. I need you to touch and agree with me. I need you to lay hands on me. All of that we be doing. And it ain't no warfare. It's the fact that you opened up the door to the enemy and gave him a foothold because of this sin that is waiting to attack and destroy you. You forget that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So while you focused on me and the enemy is sitting there saying, wow, you're making this really easy for me. Sin is crouching at your door waiting to overtake you. But God said you must subdue it. You got to deal with that thing. Even, even those hard places, those hard places, right? When God convicts us of sin in our life, those hard, hard wrenching, even when you are like, Lord, I didn't do it. Like it's not even my fault. Those things, right? When you're like, it's not even my fault. Never mind it not being your fault. Deal with what he wants to get up out of your heart, which is your response, which is improper. Your response is not proper. You will keep going through the same test until you pass it, until you subdue it, until you master it. We have to get to a place where we don't allow sin to overtake us, but we overtake sin by the blood of the lamb, by the authority of Jesus Christ. He's given us authority. He's given us authority to not only put the devil under our feet, but he's given us power and authority to not walk in the same sins, not commit these same sins. He's given us that power and authority to rise above these things. Amen. So the Bible goes on to say later, Cain suggested to his brother. In other words, he had a conversation with him, his brother Abel. He said, let's go out into the fields. And while they were there, Cain attacked and killed his brother. So you see right here in this text, he had hidden ulterior motives, right? He made a suggestion. He had a conversation with him. And, and because he was dealing with anger and jealousy and envy, and, and he didn't want to turn and repent and get his heart right with the Lord, he made a suggestion to his brother, led him out to the field and killed him. Listen, as Christians, you got to be careful, even in the spirit realm and in the natural realm of putting your mouth on people, killing them with your mouth, killing them with your thoughts, just killing straight murder. God is not a God who authorizes or permits murder. It is a, it is, it is a detrimental sin. All right. It is a detrimental sin. You know, when you're killing people with your mouth, constantly putting your mouth on, on folks, no matter if you think it's right or wrong, it's, it's wrong. And that's just the bottom line. So Cain made a suggestion to his brother Abel, let's go out into the fields. And while they're there, Cain attacked and killed his brother. You know, jealousy is a killer. Jealousy will cause you to commit murder, 
against someone and lead them out of their rightful place. And guess what? You will be held accountable for it. Yes, you will be. You will be held accountable for leading folks out of their rightful place. Hear me now. Afterwards, the Lord asked Cain, where is your brother? Where is Abel? My God, have you ever had someone come up to you and ask you about someone that you, um, you know, they were no long, they were no longer, uh, on your friends list. <laughs> they were they were no longer a friend of yours on social media. Let's just take it to social media, right? Because social media, uh, has now become a petty platform for people to, uh, air out not only their dirty laundry, but to put subliminal messages and things that should be dealt properly in person with, you know, that's a space and a place for people to cast off restraint and all this other nonsense. So having someone come to you and ask, you know, uh, where's your brother? Where's your brother? Have you seen sister so-and-so? I haven't seen this person, you know, cause they're, they're genuinely concerned. And your response is, am I my brother's keeper? You know, uh, Cain, Cain retorted. He retorted and, and responded with disrespect to the Lord, right? He, he responded with disrespect to the Lord. And he said, I don't know. Cain retorted. That's what the text says. Am I supposed to keep track of him wherever he goes? He was guilty. He was guilty because he knew he was the one who led him out and then murdered him. He knew it. And that was his response. So see, Cain had a chance to turn and repent, but because of his jealousy, he killed his brother. And there's so much of that going on today in the body of Christ. People are being led out of their rightful place. They're being led out of fields. They're being led out of vineyards, if you will, and being murdered by their own brother. And then when people ask about it, you know, there's a retort as a response. There's an incorrect response, not a response of remorse and repentance, not a response of saying, Lord, I'm sorry. You know, I allowed murder and jealousy to consume me. It was, it was, it was sitting at my door waiting, waiting to attack me. And I gave into it. No, people are acting like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know where that person is. And quite frankly, I don't care. That is wrong. That is a murderous spirit, Right. That is a, that's a person who has a, a spirit of murder and they need deliverance and healing. My God, help me, Holy Spirit. So the Lord said, right, in verse 10, he says, what have you done? Now that part of the text reminded me of Judas and Jesus. When Judas came to his senses and realized that, you know, he sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver, thought he was doing something. When he came to his senses, what did he do next? He went and hung himself. He sure did. So verse 10 says, but the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. You may think nobody knows what you did. You may think you hiding what you did. You may think nobody knows about your secret and private thoughts and what's really in your heart and, and what you conspired and what you conjured up and did. You may think nobody know, but the Bible says, listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Sometimes people will work very hard at silencing you, but the blood, the blood has life in it, right? The blood is living. The blood, the blood has life in it. 
I don't know about you, but I thank God for the blood, the blood of Jesus that saved me, that washed me, that cleansed me. All right. And as, as I'm sure you've heard before, the blood still works. Okay. God said, listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. The blood was crying out because it's alive and active. It was crying out for justice. Like, Lord, do you see this? Lord, my God, do you see what happened? You see where I'm at because of this? So God said in verse 11, he says to Cain, you are hereby banished from the ground. You have defiled with your brother's blood. Again, God gave Cain time to repent. He said, if you would do what is right, you will be accepted. He gave him time to repent. But Cain chose not to. Cain chose to walk around like he didn't do nothing. Walk around with pride, with his head held high. Like he don't know what anyone's talking about. And, and that is the bottom line. You know, that's how he did it. But the Lord dealt with Cain. Okay. He dealt with Cain. He said, uh, no longer will, will it yield abundant crops for you. No matter how hard you work. All right. So, you know, you'll be working and working all hard and trying to accomplish uh, that that very thing in which you was jealous of and for you trying to do the work of your brother. And it's not for you to do the work. He said, you'll work and work and it won't it won't produce or yield anything. He said, from now on, you'll be a homeless fugitive on the earth, constantly wandering from place to place. This reminds me of a vagabond spirit, never settled, never can stay still, just bouncing all over the place. All right. Bouncing all over the place and will always find fault with other people instead of finding fault uh, within yourself and what God is trying to show you about you. All right. Cain replied to the Lord, my punishment is too great for me to bear. I believe in that moment, Cain also came to his senses and realized what he did. And just like Judas, it was too painful for Judas to bear and Judas hung himself. He said, it is too painful. It is my punishment is too great for me to bear. He said, you have banished me from my land and from your presence. You have made me a wandering fugitive. You know, a fugitive is someone who has uh, done a heinous crime and they on the run. All right. He said, all who see me will try to kill me. In other words, everybody who knows what I did and, and their eyes are not open to what I did, they're going to try to kill me. But look at how merciful God is. God said, he said, the, he said, they will not kill you for I will give them seven times your punishment to anyone who does. All right. So the Lord was still merciful to Cain. He said, they will not kill you. For I will give seven times your punishment to anyone who does. The Lord put a mark on Cain to warn anyone who might try to kill him. So Cain left the Lord's presence and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. All right. So that's the rest of the text that I wanted to read. That's uh, Genesis chapter four. And we went through one all the way up to the 16th verse. All right. This was the first murder uh, by taking a life by shedding human blood. Okay. And again, blood represents life. Okay. Blood represents life. And so, uh, if blood is removed from a living creature, we know that it will die. 
my God. And so his intent was to kill his brother. His intent was for his brother to die. He made a suggestion. He used his words. He killed him with his mouth. He let him out in the field and then he murdered him and then act like he didn't have nothing to do with it. All right. And so to anybody, again, who might be dealing with depression, uh, perhaps it could be because there is anger that is uh, suppressed and needs to be released. But before it's released, you need to acknowledge the sin in your life, in your heart, and what God is trying to bring to your attention. Never mind focusing on the details of what occurred and why you're so angry. Again, the Bible says, be angry, but sin not. And God said, you'll be accepted if you will just do what is right. So even though you think you're right, there's some wrong still in it. There's some hidden sin still in it. There's some things you're not acknowledging. So if you would repent unto the Lord and get your heart right with him, you'll be released of that depression. You'll be released of that anger. And he said, just do what is right and you'll be accepted. Listen, the acceptance that you need is not from man. The acceptance that you need, the validation that you need comes from the Lord and the Lord alone. If you find yourself on a roller coaster of emotions, highs and lows, and can't get out the bed, my Lord, this word is for you today. I don't hear much talked about it, but you know, I do know that depression is an illness. Some people have chemical imbalances. Sometimes there's other reasons why it's, why, why it's caused. It may not have anything to do with sin, but this is for the person who knows that they know that they have committed some form of murder in the spirit or in the natural. You know that you have been after some people. You know that you have uh, been dealing with jealousy, hidden jealousy at that. Jealousy, you've been working behind the scenes to take these folk out by any means necessary. And God is saying to you today, listen, you have opened yourself up to a vagabond spirit. You will not be settled. I won't allow anybody to hurt you. I won't allow anybody to kill you. But because you have not repented, you have opened yourself up to some things. So to you, I admonish you. I admonish you. I admonish you. I admonish you to confess of your sin and repent and turn to God. Get your heart right with him. Get your heart right with Jesus because Jesus' blood was shed on Calvary for you and I. His, his life, his life, he poured out his life as a drink offering for us that we may have life and have it more abundantly. So you don't have to walk around with your head dejected. You don't have to walk around um, or lay around, I should say, depressed depressed because woe is me. Everything I do is not right. Everything I do is not accepted. Everything I do, that's what a person who's dealing with depression and acceptance issues, uh, uh, or, 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 or has, um, approval issues, you know, always needing the approval of man. That's the kind of life you live because everything you do is for the approval of man and you do it out of obligation. You don't do it out of relationship. You do it out of obligation. It's the normal thing to do. And then when someone doesn't accept it or they correct it, you go right into a place of depression. So God is dealing with you as it relates to the spirit of rejection, the vagabond spirit, and the spirit of murder. Those three spirits are being dealt with here in this podcast. And it is my prayer. It is my prayer that first you acknowledge any sin in your life any hidden sin, any jealousy, 
any uh, murderous thoughts, any murderous talking you've been doing, gossiping and tearing other folk down, all of that. It is, it is my prayer that you first acknowledge these things unto the Lord. Ask for forgiveness. Confess. And not only confess, but repent. Turn away from it. Don't let it be a part of your mouth. Don't let it be a part of your heart. Don't let it be a part of your life. Turn away from it completely and entirely. And then I believe the Lord will deliver you and set you free from these from these spirits that have had some form of control because you've allowed them to have a foothold in your life. Because like Cain, he didn't turn away from it. You know, his response wasn't proper. And then when folks start asking you about these other people, you like, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Listen, God called us to be our brother's keeper. God called us to love one another. God called you out of Egypt, out of slavery, out of bondage. He called you out of that place to be your brother's keeper, to watch over, to love your brother, to care for your brother, to, to pray for your brother. And even, even the canes, the canes of today need prayer. My God, the canes of today need deliverance. All right. Let us get to a place where we uh, walk the walk and talk the talk and talk the talk and walk the walk. You know, let us get to a place where we're not spilling innocent blood, chasing people out of the fields that they belong in or the vineyards rather, you know, leading people out to a field to murder them, chasing them out of their vineyards because you got jealousy issues. And jealousy is nothing more than superstition and ultimately it's witchcraft. So because you have those issues that you refuse to deal with, you know, God is going to deal with you if you don't repent. Hear me in the spirit. Hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying to the church, to those who are dealing with this kind of stuff. This is not one of those words that will make you shout. This is not a word to make you dance, but this is a word that makes you examine yourself. This is a word that makes you say, my God. My God, my God, have mercy. Examine yourself and get that thing right with Jesus and ask Jesus for the strength and the help to turn away from anything that's not like him. All right. I, I pray that the Lord's blessings will be upon you in the name of Jesus. Amen.